0: A few months ago, I was able to go to over this school and in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I went to their classrooms and did a teaching mass in their classroom and got to tell them about all the different parts of the mass and teach them about the different vestments that we wear and all those types of things. And they got really excited when I taught them the secret prayers that the priest prays at Mass. Anyone who's come to daily Mass, uh, they probably heard me like mumbling something to myself. Those are like specific prayers the priest or the deacon actually is praying uh, during the Mass. That they're meant to be said uh, kind of in a low voice is what it says. And my favorite of these is when the priest or the deacon is preparing the chalice. And when he pours the wine into the, chalice, uh, the, the water into the wine with the chalice, he says, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. In our gospel today, we hear of Jesus ascending into the heavens, ascending to heaven to be with the Father. And it, you could you live into this lie that somehow Jesus abandoned his people that somehow he's left us, he's far distant from us. But if we continue to read the same gospel at the end here, it says that as the disciples went out, they continued to do these signs and wonders as Jesus accompanied them the entire way. That when Jesus ascended to the Father, he brought his, our humanity with him, that we might have greater intimacy and in relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do as the people of God to go out and perform these signs and wonders accompanied by Jesus Christ but there's a, a modern day heresy that kind of has gotten out there that really stops us from being able to do this. And if you've ever come to confession with me and I kind of like cringe a little bit, it's because I hear this heresy coming out. And it's not even like you know it's a particular sin that someone says, I've never cringed at someone's at that, but as soon as I hear this heresy coming out, I just, well, it kills me inside. So the heresy is called moralistic therapeutic deism. My guess is that none of you are intentionally like, oh yes, I'm a moralistic therapeutic deist. Like, I'm guessing that. But it does come out in our culture all the time. So let me explain. So deism, most people have at least heard of deism, the clockmaker god. You know, god created the world, set the world into motion, and only steps in when something's broken. And in the same way, you would not bring your watch to a clockmaker if it wasn't broken. You would only go to God if something is broken and needs fixing. That's the only reason why you would go to God. Otherwise, God is far distant and removed from our life. Therapeutic. God is that great cheerleader in the sky just telling you all sorts of inspirational quotes and is there just to make you feel good about yourself. And then moralistic. We're just called to be nice people, right? Just be a nice person. That's all anyone is ever asking of you. I will give $1,000 right now for someone to find that in the gospel. Anyone. $1,000 is on the line. I also know that's not in there, so I was not afraid to give it. I'd make it a million if I, you know, but I don't have a million dollars, so I, I was not going to offer that, but I could offer you a thousand. I'm not going. No one can claim it. Why? Because it's not in the gospel. We're called to live a life of virtue. We're called to live a life life in relationship with Jesus Christ. We're called to be courageous and loving and humble and be uh, magnanimous. Not nice. And what what, what do we mean by nice? Nice means like, you know, people, this is how I hear in confession. Well, you know, you know, Father, I mean, I haven't killed anyone. That's a pretty low bar, right? Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I'm here in confession, but like, I haven't killed anyone. So, oh, God. if that's the bar for sanctity, that's—I I think everyone here made that bar. But no, we're called to something greater. We're called to something deeper. And this moralistic therapeutic deism keeps us away of living a life of sanctity. Living a life in relationship with Jesus Christ and doing what the Lord has called us to do to go out into the world and perform these miraculous deeds. To go out and perform these signs accompanied by Jesus Christ. But if I didn't explain maybe a little bit on how to do this, then this homily would be kind of pointless. All right, you know, go out and do these things. How? I don't know. So, first thing, foundational. What you got to do, prayer. If you're not praying, if you're not sitting there, having that conversation with God, sitting there day in and day out, listening to the Lord's voice, well, then guess what? You're not gonna know what the Lord is calling you to do because you're not listening to him, right? You've gotta be able to sit there and pray. And I wish I could say right now, I could fix everyone's prayer life in this one homily, but then we'd have to cancel the noon mass and you know, no one's going to the art show today and it'd be a long process. Come talk to a priest, talk to a deacon, talk to one of our religious sisters. Talk to someone in this community who is a prayer warrior. I know we have them out there, we have lots of them. You don't need to talk to the priest. There are lots of prayer. there are people in this church right now who are much holier than I am, I promise you. They might not be holier than Deacon Tommy, but they are definitely holier than I am. I'm not sure if your wife would agree with that sentiment. But anyway, that's beside the point to be able to go and to work on your own prayer life. Again, if you're not listening to God, if you're not having that conversation with God, you're not able to go into the world and be the disciple who God has called you to be. Second, community. Look around you. You have a church filled with people who are desiring to grow in sanctity and virtue and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Filled with community. Now, here's this this problem that we sometimes have in the church. You know, we're all creatures of habit and we all kind of sit in the same place every single Sunday, going to the same Mass. And I know because I can look out and I can see you all in the same exact spots, like every single Sunday. So, there's always, you know, that family maybe that's like two pews ahead of you, that you've watched, you know, their kids grow up. And every single Sunday you sit somewhere near them and you watch them and you're like, wow, that's just a beautiful family there. Or like you see this couple and you just see how, you know, they're, you're inspired by them coming in every single Sunday, holding hands or some little inspiration. Do you know who they are? Do you know their names? Have you ever walked up, introduced yourself and said, hi, I want to just tell you, I pray for your family every single Sunday that I see you. And I'm so happy that you're here and introduced yourself. Build that community to know that you're not alone in this. Because when you feel alone, everything starts to crumble. Everything starts to fall apart. Because we can't do it by ourselves. God gave us a community. God gave us a church for a reason. That we might be united. That we might be together. Because we're not in this fight alone. And finally, do you actually believe that the Lord has called you to go out into the world and to do these signs and wonders? Do you believe it? Because if you don't, we need to go back to the foundation. But do you believe that in just a moment, that this bread and wine I will consecrate on the altar will become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? That you will be receiving that here at this Mass? You'll be receiving Miranda for the very first time, the body of Christ. How beautiful and wonderful is that? I know one person who believes it, and she's here, and she's so excited to receive the Eucharist for the first time. If you can believe that you'll receive the Eucharist there, here, today, at this Mass, in every Mass, if you believe that, what's stopping you from believing that the Lord has called you to go out, accompanied by Him, to go out and perform these signs and wonders? Maybe that act of courageousness is, like I said, going and talking to that family that you, I've always watched, and I've always seen, and you've never introduced yourself to. Let the Spirit work in that. Let the Holy Spirit enter into that relationship Who knows, you might be able to have something deeper there that you would have never thought possible because sometimes we let fear creep into our hearts. And we become afraid to be that disciple that the Lord has called us to be. But of course, the Lord has called all of us to do this. Not just the priests, not just the deacons, not just the sisters, but every single person here in this church is called to do this. To be courageous, to pray for people, to perform these signs and wonders. Can you take the time in prayer to allow yourself to have that deeper conversation with the Lord? Can you help build up this community to bring people around you to help hold you accountable, to help you grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ? And can you have that belief beyond the shadow of a doubt that you'll receive the Eucharist here on this altar and that he will accompany you to do these signs and wonders? That is what you're called to do today And that is what we're called to do every day.